0: Tottenham 1, Burnley 0. Postecoglou's men get the job done, but damn, it definitely wasn't pretty. What's good guys, I'm Marco to another episode of Mini Football Logic, episode 100. It's Xeno here, of course. And in today's episode, we're going to be de- talking about Spurs' victory over Burnley In the third round of the FA Cup Now for those who watch the game And are informed They won 1-0 Tottenham But if you watch the game ugh, Wow Obviously this season we've gotten used to seeing Ange Postecoglou's Tottenham Hotspur side Play You know f- f- Front pedal Is that a term? They play really fast strong attacking football Completely you know Trying to take games by the scruff of the neck. It's entertaining. And it's also very crazy. But I can't lie. Watching it, watching this game. This Tottenham performance. It was not great at all. Obviously due to the vast amount of injuries they've had. To the likes of Van de Ven. The key one being James Madison. It's very difficult to maintain that level that they had at the beginning of the season. But this game against Burnley. It was a chance even with a lot of regulars out or not playing, because obviously Son went to um, uh, the Asian Cup, for example, to, you know, get some good minutes under the legs and actually go out there and play really well and remind everyone the source that Pazza Koglu's got this team playing with. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Burnley came out and they looked very organised. As we know, this season, Burnley... I'm not the Burnley we we always recognise, you know. They went from really defensive style of play when they got promoted, to Sean Dash's evolution of that style in his long tenure as Burnley boss, to now this Belgium-infused, possession-based football that they're trying to play under Vincent Kompany. It's very interesting because if you look at the statistics, for example, in the Premier League, James Trafford has completed or attempted more passes in the league than any other player. It just shows you the style they want to play out there. It's that... They actually want to control the ball. They try and control games. And, and it's commendable, to be honest, because let's be honest, they don't have the quality of player that the other teams playing this style of football have, including the team that taught them. But we all know that a style of play can do wonders in closing the gap between one side that's perceived to be less than the team they're playing against. But it's it obviously, obviously hasn't worked out the way Burnley would have wanted to as the season has gone on. But nonetheless, i am going on a t- different tangent here. point is, in this game... Tottenham looked flat, looked underwhelming. Richarlison, once again, he flattered to deceive. Of course, he's been in a good scoring run, but games like this remind you that could he really be the number nine that Tottenham can really rely on? It's hard to realise that and hope that that can become the case, even though we see him for his country show that he probably is more than capable. It's a very frustrating puzzle that, that needs to be solved, to be honest. Richarlison right now looks like a very strong squad player at best. play on the wings, play up front. But in the, in the best Tottenham side that's out there, Son's playing. On, Son, Son is up front. Madison is back at the team, which means Johnson or Koliseski is going to be on the wings. And simple as that, I don't think Richarlison gets in. But look, if he continues to score in the Premier League, then maybe he has a chance. On top of that, Brendan Johnson, once again, you watch him and you just see the potential in him. You know, you can just see it, the pace. The um the smart running, you know, the the ball carrying, although he's not doing those things quite as much as he was at Forest. He he is a player with so much potential. But it's frustrating watching him out there and you can tell that he hasn't realized it yet. I don't it's like he's barely realised it. Even though last season at Forest he looked so extremely promising and he was their best player. You know, him and Morgan Gibbs White, who's continued to go strength to strength by the way at Forrest. But yeah, it's just frustrating watching him as a Tottenham fan. Sometimes Tottenham fans I know can share my pain on this. It's just like, oh, like we know you, you know you got something in there, but damn man, you got to start showing it to us. He's shown it in in spots, and that's why we'll continue to invest stocks in him. But like the the quality of passing was poor, the quality of finishing was poor. Like it wasn't just him though. Let me not single him out. Like the whole attacking, f- the front four just wasn't clicking um Lo Celso, obviously, obviously Johnson, Koleskiski and Richarlison, they just weren't clicking. Koleskiski has blown hot and cold in recent games, so he needs to find a way to regain his form. I think the reality is becoming clear. Maybe he's better as an attacking midfielder, but if that's the case, that creates a dilemma, doesn't it? Something that we'll have to see once Tottenham are playing the strongest side again. Lo Celso, he looked a bit slow, a little bit, a little bit off. I don't know. If that's because of the lack of midfield support he had. Because let's be honest, Skip isn't Saar, and although he tries to be, you know, tries to play like it, because I'm sure that he gets given the same instructions that Saar might be given, he ain't quite doing it, you know. And you can tell that damaging in the team a bit, you know. Obviously, Skip was playing alongside um, who was Skip playing alongside Benteke, and Benteke obviously was the captain, and Benteke is Benteke, but you can tell. He's been he came up from his injury really fast, so we shouldn't put too much expectation on the level of performance we expect to see from him. So it's it's literally one of those situations there where it's just like it, it was just a lack of attack and connect. And it's happened a lot of Poster Coglis men this season. Like Tottenham have had moments, especially since Madison has gone off, you know, has not played due to injury where it just looks like there's a disconnect attacking-wise and they're not connecting. And everything is slow and ponderous and chances are struggling to be created. And when they do get created and you're getting close to creating that chance, one or the other, either a poor finish, Richarlison, Brendan Johnson, in this match, or a bad final third pass, Brendan Johnson, Marcelo, Kuliseski, just lacking that final ball. Obviously, Dogi um, continues to invert and it creates. He inverts. I can notice slightly more than maybe Porro does at times. Slightly more. In this match, it felt like it. He was in the middle too much, and he was cl- kind of like clogging up the play, and that's kind of what Burnley wanted to happen. Kind of like congest, like the 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 Tottenham players into the middle of the pitch, where they'll just keep passing, 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 and that's kind of what happened. You know, it's ironic because when I mentioned the fullbacks, one of them did make the difference. Porro scored an absolute scream in the 78th minute. He got the ball. Obviously, the keeper just threw it to him. Collected it, smacked it, top bins, you know. And the game, this is dry and awful to watch. <laughs> to be honest, I'll be real. Like, it wasn't as bad as the other FA you know, Cup game that was played before. But phew, it was close. Poros moment of magic, you know, it brought it, it brought light to a game that was very dark to watch. <laughs> really low quality. You think we talk, with a trophy on the line and how much... get ridiculed for not winning a trophy or winning trophies shall I say because we the whole trophy listing is nonsense we we all know that Tottenham have won trophies before the pure fact that they they came to this game and they didn't play like it mattered it's very frustrating because you you know that the impact of of a trophy would do if for Tottenham if they were to you know achieve it. So Hopefully, they pick up as the tournament goes on because the players will come back. You know, playing with four full backs at the back is not easy, and they did give Burley some chances. The key one being Zeki M. Dooney, well, obviously, because he clearly ain't that guy. He it was a beautiful, loft chipped um, through ball by um, Zaruri, and he just, firstly, he controlled it poorly and he, then he blazed it way over. It was with Charles Esk. I'm joking, I missed mean, playing player, man. But yeah, it was really poor. And it kind of, kind of summarised the quality of the game that we were watching. But thankfully, Pedro Poirot put us out of our hell. Because, boy, it would have been even more hell watching the replay. And, yeah, smacked one from about 20-plus yards out. Decided the, the game. Simple as. And even then, Burnley had their chances near the end. You know, Handel, um, the centre-back, he was randomly up there. He He almost scored got blocked by Hoiberg, who by the way came on and was absolute ass, let me just say that man, his passing was piss poor to be honest, he was really decent in the Bryan game for example but the Bryan game was a tough loss and everyone was pretty much bad, but yeah, I think I think that's all really that needs to be said, overall it wasn't a great performance by Tottenham, but what matters is the result, it's a cup competition you need to win to get through, and continue winning and continue winning until you get to the final and then you win the final, and then the trophy's there and it's yours, you know so it's okay not to look too deep at his performance because the last cup game Tottenham played, they were even worse than this probably against Fulham. So I don't know what it is about the cup competitions—is it the pressure? I have no idea. But point is, they—you know—they got the job done. Burnley were there for the taking. company did rest quite a few names, but you know Tottenham took it seriously as well. That was probably the strongest team they could have put out there, and then we saw the youngsters come on and Sessingon, who looked bigger. And slower. But I think he just needs to continue with his rehabilitation. And by the time he's fully fit, we'll see him in shape. And hopefully, you know, he might have a revival under Poster Cogli. But, all in all, I wouldn't say there's to worry about. Van der Ven's back. Um, hopefully, he'll play the United game. And for Burnley, well, I think, honestly, they should keep sticking to the style of play. Obviously, a little bit more defensive today's game. Because at the end of the day, when you play against an opponent, and you're at home, and you're away, you kind of want to stay solid, especially in the cup game. You know, you're in it to with it. You hang in longer, you create more nerves, and that's what it reached. And that's what point it reached when Porro scored. It was really nervy at that point, and then if it could happen, the game could start to balance one way or the other. But thankfully, Porro had second thoughts. So what a way to get your first goal of the season. It's quite crazy that was his first goal, because boy, he's, on the attacking side, he is one of the best in the game, but defensively, he is really improved. And the numbers will show you that. You know, the numbers will definitely show you that. But all in all, Solomon for Tottenham. They advance to the fourth round. We'll see who they get in the draw. And of course, on Saturday, when this episode comes out, there'll be a lot more FA Cup games. Maybe I might talk about one of those. Stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed. And I'll catch you in the next episode of Mini Football Logic, episode 101. Mini Logic.